This is the Poetry in Motion podcast on the Blood Red channel with Neil Fitzmorris, bringing you all the big news and even bigger views on Liverpool FC. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Poetry in Motion with me, Neil Fitz. How are we all? I hope you're keeping safe. Hope you're keeping well. Uh, Whatever you're listening to this download, uh, on the beach, walking the dogs, maybe in the park, wherever you are, thank you once again for supporting uh, all of the Blood Red titles, uh, Alain La Rouge, of course, and uh, Poetry in Motion. We really appreciate your following and we really appreciate your opinion. Um, this week I'm joined by uh, a, a heavyweight of the Liverpool Echo in Paul Wheelock. How are you, Paul? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Yeah, heavyweight. Uh, don't know if I'm a heavyweight journalist. I might be a heavyweight person after 18 months. No, of time, I'm a journalistic value, not in waistline. Uh, and on the other end of the scale, we've got a newbie. We've got a young lady making her uh, debut on uh, Poetry Motion, but also fresh out of uni and uh, starting, a, well, what she described herself as a dream job, uh, writing about the club that she absolutely loves. It's Hannah Pinnock. How are you, Hannah? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. You are very, very welcome. We just had a little chat before we started. You're a Gloucester girl. Uh, mm. You're still down in Gloucester now. Obviously, this is all kind of Zoom and stuff while you're working, but um, really excited to be uh, to be working and, and, and writing about the club that you love. Absolutely. Um, the whole way through uni, if you'd have told me, as soon as you graduate, you're going to have a job at the Echo, writing about Liverpool and a little bit of Everton here and there. Um you know, I'd, I've probably laughed in your face, but here we are. Um, yeah, and just loving every minute of it. Brilliant. Well, let's get started. And then lots to talk about, of course. Um, Liverpool uh, doing well at the moment. You know, two wins in the draw, not too bad at all. Two points dropped to Chelsea very much. At the end of a game like that, you look at a game like that and you go, there's down to 10 men, uh, Kante went off. Uh, they jigged around a bit and you're sitting looking thinking, well, if ever we're going to do Chelsea, this is the time we need to do it. This is the time we need to make advan- take advantage of the extra man. Easier said than done, of course, especially against a team like Chelsea, Paul, who can, you know, backs against the wall. And often when you go down to 10 men, you know, you either go down to a one-man a one man strike and, and you just go back to a normal formation. So it's not, it's not easy. You give up a lot of possession, you let the other team work on, you try and count it, which is what Chelsea did. There were moments there I felt with Liverpool in the Chelsea game, Paul, where we um, we sort of put, we sort of lost a bit of pace. Sorry, Mike, we, the gardener's behind me now. With it, with it, with it, with, I don't know whether you can hear that with a streamer. Um, <laughs> time, you know, there were times when I thought that um, we just took our foot off the gas a little bit, lost a bit of momentum when we should have been going for it. Um, but all in all, a bit of a frustrating day, really, wasn't it, Paul? Yeah, it, it was because I thought the start of the game was absolutely superb. You know, uh, there was those early chances just didn't come off. And then Chelsea, you know, you've got to give them credit. It's hard to give Chelsea credit for most things, but they are a good team, particularly on the two shell. And they came into the game, got the goal. And then at half-time, Liverpool started having a go again, penalty, and it felt like the perfect storm. Then they with the, them getting sent off and then being, you know, being against 10 men for the whole second half. And I thought the second half was good to start. You know, again, the 15 minutes, you know, Mendy had two or three saves from distance, but was watch. I had a, a chance, a rare chance to be off. Uh, so I watched it with my, with my mates and we watched the game together because we don't often have the chance to do that anymore because of my, of my work. And they called it, to be fair, after about 65 minutes, they said, this is 1-1. This is, and it, it did feel the longer it went on, just run out of ideas a little bit. And you've got to give credit to Chelsea for that. You know, they, in a weird way, the penalty came at the perfect time for them, didn't it, and the 10 men, because... Straight away, it was half-time. You could clearly see they'd lost the heads, but Tuchel's clearly a good manager, and he got him in and he got him organised. And 
yeah, like I was the same, and we were all in the same in the pub that we were in. We all felt it was two points dropped. But you know, looking back over the course of a season, I don't think a one-one draw at home to Chelsea is a bad result at all. And I think with Liverpool and with City, I think Chelsea are definitely going to be up there this season. Yeah, we can't we can't we can't underplay uh, how good a side Chelsea are. And it was a good performance for Liverpool as well. Lots have been made, and we'll, and we'll talk about it, Hannah, a little bit more. But lots have been uh, made recently of uh, Liverpool's lack of um, of business in the transfer window. There are moments when I look at Liverpool and I see a team that you know, um, Mo Salah's not going to do another forty-four goal season uh, because because he takes two men with him now. They're onto it. Um, and then you got Sal, uh, Mane, who was kind of. Hit and miss a little bit. Uh, Jota sort of went out the game as well. There were times watching Hannah and I thought, you know what we need is we need a little Phil Coutinho, someone who could drop the shoulder and just curl one in from the edge of the box, or at least, or at least shake things up. We need someone who can just rather than go down the byline and doing and whipping it across all the time. And we need someone who can just drop that shoulder. Uh, Manny seems to have lost that confidence in a bit in being able to do that. But by doing that, you draw them out and, and give yourself opportunities, Hannah, don't you? Yeah, I do feel like, you know, last season in particular, Mane wasn't quite at his best, but I, I've sort of been hopeful that with the return of fans that we'll start to see him come to life a bit more and we'll start to see the player that he once was. Obviously, you know, fans everywhere have been crying out for, for us to make a signing and, and bring in another attacker. Um, you know, I, sort of when you get past the front three, the drop-offs, quite a lot but you, you I sort of feel like we almost fixed that a bit with Jota because you know he you know that he scored a lot of goals for us last season obviously injuries sort of hindered that but you know even now he, he's back on the score sheet so we've got four you know incredible attackers there so it's, it's almost a, a bit of a surprise that you know sometimes we feel like we're lacking that bit of creativity and, and like you said someone like Coutinho you know could have helped that um I've I've always sort of felt Harvey Elliott could be that, but you know he's so early into his days, you know, in in the first team, you can't sort of expect that of him. But may, maybe as time goes on, he could be. But it, it is that addition and and that attacker that we need that that creative spark, um, because you know we are going to face a lot of teams that maybe can't defend as well as Chelsea, but we are going to face a lot of teams that sit back this season, and you know it's it's bit of an old story really we, we always seem to be saying the same thing every season when you know we struggle to break teams down that have that low block and they sit deep and you know they're all men behind the ball um so it sort of begs the question of when we'll actually start to fix that and um you know we, we've got the players that are more than capable to do it um but maybe that extra addition might just make the difference yeah absolutely and um I mean, you talk about Harvey Elliott, Paul. What what an impact that young lad's had already. I mean, extraordinary when you see when you see uh, talents at that age. I mean, we're just looking at um, Emma Rad Radicanu going to the final of of the U.S. Open at eighteen. Did their own levels. There's an inc they, uh, did their A levels a couple of weeks ago. There's an incredible fearlessness of certain. Not all not all young sports people are like that, but certainly in Harvey Elliott, we've got a kid who, who wants the ball all the time. He's never afraid. He doesn't seem to want to hide behind players and sort of muddle his way through a game. He wants it. He wants to make things happen. He made things happen um, uh, in, the, in the previous games he's played. And suddenly he's looking like someone who, uh, as Hannah said, is, is someone that we may start to rely heavily on in, in, in the coming season. 
Oh, massively. I thought it spoke volumes when he started against Chelsea because I know he was excellent uh, against Burnley the week before. You know, he, he deserves to keep his place, but it's a big statement of intent, isn't it, to, to start against the, the current champions of Europe at home. And I know, I, I know some people were saying, you know, in the second half, maybe he tired a little bit and maybe it could have been maybe a better option to take him off and then move Salah or Mane around. But there's no getting away from it. On the day, I thought he was one of Liverpool's best players. You know, he was he was inventive. He wanted to get in the ball. He gets to pockets of space. I know he had that chance at the end of the first half that he probably should have done better with. But I, I, coming back to what we both were speaking about in a moment ago, I, I'm almost beginning to see why maybe if Klopp likes him more as a midfielder, maybe that's why he's not replaced the Wijnaldum. I know they're very different players, but you've got to give chance for someone like Elliot you know you've got to give him opportunity haven't you if he is this good and he clearly looks it so far in the early impressions you've got to give him game time but yeah it's, it's been like it's it's an absolute massive boost to, to get him to the level that he is already he clearly he's an excellent player by what he did at Blackburn you don't go into the championship at 17 and score all the goals and assists he got last season and this is a step up and to, to his absolute credit in the first couple of games he, he, he's not looked out of place at all has he in fact he's, he's been much more than that but yeah I, I'm with both of you though I still kind of think and I, we were saying it again on that Saturday after the Chelsea game still feel there could be another addition there couldn't you because it's still a lot to place on to Elliot as you said Fitzy then you know because he is still so young yeah and of course he ain't a genuine Ronaldo in the sense that he, well you players like him are irreplaceable in the sense that uh, the amount of times they're, they're injured is incredible they have an incredible kind of fitness um, Harvey Elliott is much more of a dynamic kind of going through. Although, obviously, ironically, Gino Ronaldo likes to play that way, but, but Klopp didn't. Had a more of a holding player. Well, let's talk about, uh, Hannah, the thing that's pre pretty much divided Liverpool fans all over the country, uh, all over the world, I would imagine. 50-50, um, maybe even maybe more either way, I don't know. But but certainly split opinion is is Liverpool's business in the transfer market. Um you know, the calls for FSG to leave and all that kind of nonsense that were coming out. And, I, I, you know, I might get a bit of stick for saying that, but come on. Um, it is difficult. Uh, I, I, I can't help but feel that there should have been something there and there should have been maybe a little bit of a backup there. And, you know, we did, we we paid a heavy price for not having cover uh, on centre-backs and we haven't really done cover again. Hannah, do you think that... Um, it's a horrible question to give you on your debut here, but I will give it to Paul as well. Do you think that um, that Liverpool have dropped the ball, really should have got someone in this transfer window to strengthen the squad, or do you think that they were in a situation where they financially couldn't do it and they did, and they think they've, they've got what it takes uh, as it is? I, th I think you sort of said it there in that, you know, FSG clearly don't have the, the financial capabilities that the likes of our rivals do, and that's just the way that it is, and you know, again, I might get stick for saying it, but I, I do feel like with what FSG have done over the last few years with the club, I mean, you know, we've won the Premier League, we've won the Champions League, we've won the Club World Cup and, you know, we've seen incredible success during their time, you know, as owners of the club. So it's, it's difficult to criticise them and in a transfer market that's as crazy as it has been and in the light of COVID and, you know, some of the ridiculous transfers that we've seen, um, this summer with Messi moving on and, and Ronaldo moving on, it's, you know, I, I, I can't really have too much criticism for them not doing that much business. I think, you know, tying down such important players to long-term contracts and hopefully one one will come for Salah. Um, 
that is I think as important as anything because you know for you can bring in whoever you want but if you lose the likes of Van Dyke, if you lose the likes of Mo Salah if and hopefully he signs the contract if you lose the likes of Henderson then you know you signing someone might be a step forward but then you lose them and it's two step backwards so I think retaining those players and, and you know them committing their best years of their careers to the club is incredibly important I think you know maybe they may, maybe wanted to do something but couldn't because you know the likes of Shakiri didn't move on till late in the window um Origi never moved on and you know we know Klopp likes, you know, respects his players and he's he's not going to force anyone out that works hard in training, that, you know, gives everything and, you know, those players do that. So, um, again, not not too much criticism for it, really, but you just don't want it to come back and bite us like it did last season, as you said. Um, you know, we maybe left that Canate signing a year too, year too late. We should have brought someone in last summer and maybe we wouldn't have, have had the problems that we did. Um, but you know you sort of look at that in hindsight don't you and um, the club and FSG can only do what they feel is right in the moment they can't necessarily you know plan for for the amount of injuries that we had Um, you know that just happens if you have you know if you're too well stocked then you're going to have unhappy players because they're not playing so um, it's a difficult one and it's a difficult line to walk I think between running the club efficiently and effectively but also you know you want success and when your rivals are strengthening as much as they are um it is a concern and I do understand why fans are concerned when they see you know the players that United have brought in you know Chelsea have brought in Sanagez on loan they've you know signed Lukaku and you know they're fixing but in a, in a way they're fixing problems particularly with Lukaku that they have I don't think Liverpool have any huge problems or huge gaps in the squad that needs filling it's just depth um you know and I think FSG have made the big signings when they've needed to when we've needed a new goalkeeper they spent big money on him when we've needed you know an assured good centre half they spent you know they broke the world record for Van Dyke. so um I you know I I respect what they've done um but only time will tell if if it works out yeah, it is tricky, isn't it, Paul? Because, like Hannah says, you know, Liverpool aren't that kind of... They're just not that kind of managed, structured side in the sense that they don't rush out. By, I mean, you know, between I think between City, Chelsea um, and United, it's 300 million has been spent um, strengthening their squads. And uh, um, and the Sol Negres, and, and you look at them and you think, well, he he was very much in Liverpool's radar and then go um, and then goes on loan, it, it's it's an odd one. It's 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 almost as though they haven't wanted to come here, or there hasn't been that desire for them in the first place because they didn't even. They were talking about buying them, and then and then Chelsea nipping and get them on a loan. It is an odd one, and you look at the Glazers who are hated universally by United fans, um, and yet uh, seem to be dipping their hands in the pockets all the time. Although the club's supposedly massively in debt, but that doesn't seem to give them any problems. And you just wonder whether or not sometimes. It's frustrating because you feel like your owners, it's a financial ownership as they all are, but you want a bit of a passion there. You want a bit of, you want to feel like your owners really want success as well. Um, and I'm not saying they don't, but I'm, I feel sometimes that they don't really, they don't really care necessarily for happens again and again and again. 
they've done really well, but it just feels to me like there could have been an opportunity to get someone in. We lost out on Fernandez, don't forget, to United, because we were umming and ahhing over prices, and they went in and nipped him and got him. He's arguably the player that's turned around their fortunes. He's an incredible player. Um, getting Ronaldo back was a no-brainer for them. They've probably doubled the, the money they're going to pay for him in, 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 in shirt sales alone. It's ridiculous. So it is a mixed one, isn't it, Paul? Because you feel like they kind of missed the boat a little bit, and I feel should have been adding to the depth, like Hannah said. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, mixed is the word because like you still look at the starting eleven, and if can that can stay fit all season, it's as good as any starting eleven, or as close to as good as any starting eleven in the country. And let's face it, last season I know we've used a lot. This word was used a lot about a lot of things last over the last eighteen months, but it was unprecedented in terms of the injuries, particularly to the centre backs. So you've got to hope all that bad luck was last season. It, it plays out in a different manner this season, and. Like I'll try and play devil's advocate. I suppose FSG, Michael Edwards, Klopp can say their kind of transfer policy and how they built this this era of the club up. They've done it not on a shoestring, but they've been prudent. Have they? I say Hannah's completely right. Sign Van Dijk and Alisson for world record fees. But that came on the back of selling Coutinho, and it's brought success. It's not like you know we're we're we're, we're waiting for that first title again or we're waiting for another Champions League. It has happened in these last couple of years, but at the same time, I. You know, there's talk about maybe Michael Edwards leaving next summer. And I'm sure he'll have put a structure in place if he does. You know, his replacement and the recruitment team will all be there. But it is relying a lot on Klopp, isn't it, to keep on getting the maximum out of these players. You know, keep on finding a jotter and kicking him on to the next level. And it's hard, isn't it, because you're right. You're both right. You know, like City, Chelsea and United have just got untold millions. And I just think sometimes you it's... You can't. I would never expect Liverpool to go spend 100 million on Jack Grealish, but at some point it's got to come, hasn't it? I'm not saying 100 million, but there's got to come a point. And I know it's a tough time because of COVID and the finances, but equally it's been a tough time for a lot of clubs and other clubs have spent. You know, who probably don't have the financial firepower that Liverpool do. And that I think Gorsty, Paul Gorsty, said it. He did a couple of pods for us around the time of the transfer window, and he was quite strong. And obviously. Ghosty works, you know, you know, is, is, is the closest person to anyone at the Echo at the club. And he said it was a gamble, you know, not signing another strike. He just, he's worried that it could be. It only takes a Salah injury and a Firmino injury and then you're down to two. And is the backup Minamino and Origi good enough? Maybe not. If not this summer, I can't see how next summer he can't spend. Like, at some point, they have to back Klopp because, yeah, Hannah's right. So important to get Salah tied down, Van Dijk, Fabinho, Allison. But it is, it, it's not an old squad. It's probably in the peak age, isn't it? They're all about 28, 29, which is the kind of like, you know, a bit of cliche, but it's true, isn't it? You get to that age, you're, you're, you're peaking your game. But sooner rather than later, I, just, I think they're going to have to spend a little bit. And I think they're going to have to help Klopp because, let's face it, there's other managers. If it was Rafa in charge, I'm pretty sure he'd let it be known sometimes, wouldn't he? That, hey, I want a bit of money here. Look what I've done. And I think Klopp's just, he must be a dream to work with because he he, he goes along with exactly what the uh, FSG wants. So, yeah, no complaints about, like, their overall ownership, because look at the success that's come under their watch. But at some point, to keep up with these teams, and just to give Klopp a bit of a hand, really, I think I think they're going to have to spend. Yeah, it's that thing we'll go back to all the time, isn't it? That, that we we heard it a lot last season. Plan B, we hear that getting getting hammered about, and it's it's having a plan B when teams are sitting deep and they're going to say, "Go on, then try and break us down." We have got we've got world class players, and we've got players who can break down, but, but there are times when they can't, and and I think. I think just finding that plan B, you know, someone you can pull off the bench, you can do something special. You can argue that Oxlade-Chamberlain's got it in his locker to be able to smash one in from 30 yards or, you know, or do something. 
but it's just I just feel like there's as Hannah said before, it's the strength and depth. Really, it's 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 knowing that we have we have someone who can come off the bench who might be able to make a difference. Um, I mean, you know, we got Firmino out with a hamstring. Um, Jota came on against Chelsea uh, for Firmino, and things started to happen. Ironically, we got the he he did all of the, the hard work to get the corner that we scored from ultimately. Um, but then he went quiet second half. So it is a tricky one. It it is one where where, where we may rue it. I hope we don't. I hope we can get fit, and I certainly hope that Mane. Can can get a little bit of stability and a bit of consistency in his game because he, he, he looks like he was coming back into it and he's still missing a few chances and I think with those two firing and with Jota there as well I think we've got enough certainly and as you said Paul our front eleven is our, our start eleven is as good as any any in the league if not better but we just make need to make sure we hold on uh, to that first team uh, talking of which um, thankfully the Brazilian FA have seen sense uh, this ridiculous idea that they were going to ban try and put a, a ruling in the FIFA to try and ban five players. Um, and, the, and this all comes about because, of course, Liverpool wouldn't let the players go on international duty because they were in countries that were a red zone. It, it, this was a no-brainer. This wasn't being this wasn't being pedantic. It wasn't being obstructive. Um, it, it was it was, it was was saying, well, they're red. They have to, they're, they're going to have to quarantine for 10 days afterwards. We can't, we simply can't do that. So thankfully, I mean, obviously, Firmino's missing anyway, but Fab, uh, we've got back in Allison, but it was a ridiculous couple of uh, couple of days, Hannah, wasn't it? Where you were thinking, well, you're letting Richardson play because he went over there, whatever. But you know, this was a no-brainer. It's, it's a COVID problem. It's not a Liverpool problem. Yeah, it's been yeah, pretty interesting week or so, and it's difficult because it's it's sort of thing you'd expect when you've got you know different authorities and you know the Premier League, the Brazilian FA clubs, they all have their own interests as, as priorities. So, you know, obviously Brazil want their players, you know, to, to feature its World Cup qualifiers. For them, that is the most important thing. You know, Liverpool's Premier League games aren't necessarily the most important thing for them. Um, but obviously for Liverpool, having their players fit and available is. Um, I think even if the ban had stood, you know, Liverpool would have preferred them to miss one game as opposed to the you know four odd games they would have missed if they'd have gone um you know it would have been like two premier league games um against leeds and crystal palace as well as you know a big champions league game against ac milan as well because um you know brazil's last game against chile i think it was 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 it last night you know or, or friday night you know really really late so the players would have had to fly back after that quarantine you know for 10 days and you know even if they'd have gone and not had to quarantine, this probably still would have been a doubt for the Leeds game, um, given they would have returned so late. So, um, you know, that that's difficult. But to ask, you know, players to quarantine for 10 days and potentially in a hotel, it, it just, it, it's not just the 10 days that they have to quarantine, it's the impact that that has on the fact that they can't train. You know, they're probably not eating the right things that, that they should be, um, you know, that sort of, you do all that work in pre-season and then to have that sort of taken away from them in a 10-day quarantine, it was a risk that not just Liverpool, but all the Premier League clubs weren't willing to take, um, and rightfully so. Um, and like you said, I think sense prevailed and, you know, Brazil, as well as other, you know, authority uh, associations across um, South America did did withdraw that request. Um, FIFA was sort of ha probably had their hands tied. It is an automatic five day ban, and so long as if you know if the clubs and the associations can't come to an agreement, then they have to enforce it. But um, you know, it seems that 
from what FIFA have said, um, that the UK government and, and you know are willing to be a bit more flexible, hopefully, um, with the next international breaks in terms of relaxing those rules surrounding you know the ten day quarantine from red list countries. But again, I mean, you know, as much as you know, we think football is important for for the government, especially. Um, it's not the most important thing public health is. So, um, like I said, you know, people have different priorities. You're going to have these conflicts and it is unprecedented times with a global pandemic. Um, so it, it's a situation that, you know, was probably always going to happen. But hopefully, you know, someone's got to someone's got to give in. Someone's got to make a compromise. Otherwise, we'll we'll have the exact same problem in a month's time with the next international break. So hopefully a, a long-term resolution can be found whether the government relaxes the quarantine rules for the players or or whether you know premier league clubs accept it which I, personally i can't see happening um you know because they'll face the same problem um and i can't really see brazil backing down a second time um so it is very you know difficult times um but like I said, hopefully a resolution is sorted quickly because the last thing we want is the exact same thing happening in October. Poetry in motion on the Blood Red Channel. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just common sense prevailing, hopefully. Well, thankfully, we have got a plays back. We've got a big game Sunday. Uh, Paul leads um, half past four kickoff. Um a good side. They, they play great football, great attacking football. Uh, and, and you know, tight games last season. It was 1-1 there and 4-3 at Anfield. So it's going to be another tight one, mate, isn't it? We're going to need everyone at full strength in it and have the good. Because they really do, in many ways, you, you'd say play into the hands of Liverpool because they like to attack. They're not a, a, a team that um, Biazzi doesn't know how to sit back, really, does he? I mean, you know, they will attack. And and, and hopefully that will that will be something that Liverpool can, can uh, take advantage of, Paul. Oh, massively. Yeah, massively. I, yes, I really did enjoy the two games. Well, the first one was the 4-3 one with the Salah hat stick, wasn't it? It was just a great game of football. Don't mind coming out on the, the end of those kind of seven goals, wins if they go your way. And the second one was that weird one, wasn't it? It was actually a really good game, but it was probably one of those the strangest game, wasn't it? Because it was against like the backdrop of all the, the Super League process. And we were all thinking like, oh my God, Leeds had scored in the last couple of minutes. That's two points dropped in the race for the Champions League. But does it even matter? But like it, it, that, that's the way you felt at the time. But like you look back, it was a really good game of football, and I, I really like Leeds because you could most of the teams in the Premier League, let's face it, aren't going to be battling for top four or you know aren't going to battle for the title. So you might as well have fun along the way. And I, I like I, if I was a Leeds season ticket holder, I, I wouldn't mind paying to watch that every week to be honest. But I think you're right, Neil. I think it, as good as they are and as insane as they are, I think that's the kind of team that. Liverpool like playing, you know, like we seen it with Leipzig, didn't we, in the, the Champions League last year? They they came out and had a really good really good go, but it, it played into into the players in into the, the Liverpool players' hands. So yeah, I, I think it'd be a cracking game. The 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 thing is with Leeds, they can they can damage you, can't they? Because they'll have a go, but you still it comes down to man on man, one on one. Liverpool players have got better players than Leeds players, so I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping Leeds carry on the way they are, they, they have been playing over this, you know, this past season and a bit, and, and Liverpool can go, can go beat them, hopefully convincingly on Sunday. Yeah, and Hannah, there was talks today uh, that Liverpool were at one point uh, looking at uh, Patrick Bamford, um, and he's a decent player. There's no doubt about it. He's a very good player. He's done well for England as well. Um, 
there will be a bit of incentive, I think, for for Jurgen Klopp Hannah, for this match because uh, Paul touched on it. It was part uh, the 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 one one thing was 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 at the time when the um, the Super League nonsense had just kicked off, and there was that story, wasn't it, that Liverpool uh, got a bit of stick in the town centre walking around with the players before the game, and then when they got to the ground, they had they'd been laid out t-shirts uh, in front of their kits with uh, earn the right to wait to play in the cha- in the Champions League written on it. And um, it, it, it kind of really ached, Jürgen Klopp. And he made a statement, didn't he, saying, I don't know whether this was Leeds United Football Club who did this, but if it was, thank you very much. We don't need reminding yeah. that you have to wear in your place. So there might be a little bit of being the bonnet coming here, which isn't a bad thing when you're playing a team like Leeds to have a little bit of fire in the belly and, and, um, and, and, and a point to prove, Hannah. Yeah, absolutely. I think Klopp was right in that, you know, a lot of people were criticising the players and, and the management for, for what was happening with the European Super League when they were just as much against it as, as anyone else was. Um, but yeah, absolutely, these will be a difficult test, but with that extra firepower, that extra determination to prove a point that, um, you know, we we have earned, we have earned it. You know, we're one of the most successful clubs in, in, the, in the world. Um, but... Yeah, it'll be an interesting game. You know, you, you mentioned there about, you know, the interest in Bamford, but not just him, Rafinha as well. I think, you know, whilst Liverpool fans are, are really happy that we've got Alisson and Fabinho back for this game, I think, you know, Leeds fans more than anyone will be happy that, that Rafinha's back because he's such an important player for them. I mean, I think he got six goals and, and nine assists last season. He, he was up there as, you know, with the likes of Bruno Fernandes, the likes of Grealish, the likes of... De Bruyne for assists, so he's he's a really important player for them. He he creates so many chances, and you know he's a player that Liverpool have been linked with in the past, even back in his days in Portugal um, with Gamera's and Sporting Lisbon. So um, you know he, he he'll be a huge threat, I think, for them um, on Sunday. And um, you know it's no surprise that that we've been linked with him. Maybe he's that extra firepower and extra attacker that that we could have done with ourselves but but Bamford as well is a player that I've been impressed with um that will be important for them and you know it's high scoring games against Leeds there'll be no easy test and even you know that the 4-3 the last season that was with our strongest defense we were sort of leaking goals in that regard so that is a little bit concerning um but you know for for all that is open games and and Leeds attack you know our, you know it'll just be important that that you know our defenders are on it because they have got the the capabilities of, of scoring goals and punishing us. Um, you know that you know we can't be leaking chances. We can't be giving them easy opportunities. We have to make it difficult for them. Um, but yeah, it'll be a fantastic game. Like you said, like Paul said, you know you wouldn't mind watching Leeds every week because you know I, I rate Bielsa as a manager. I think he's done an exceptional job with them, and they play some really really good football. Very high tempo very aggressive football, so should be a good game. But, yeah, it'll be a big test for Liverpool, I think. He must have some strong um, hamstrings, that Bielsa, must he? Because he spends his entire <laughs> match on his own. He's either sitting on a bucket or on his own. I mean, I'll do that for two minutes. I, I, I need a warm-up. I, I can't walk for three days. It's just, he does have a wonderful kind of flair and attacking style. And, um, and it, it, I mean, you say a high, high-scoring game, Hannah, I'll settle for a one nil any day against a, a team like Leeds because they are a dangerous time. A team, but great to watch, and and really have that enthusiasm, and and kind of like you said before, Paul, they just want to enjoy every single second of being in the league, don't they? And we've got a big six game coming up, really, because we were talking about Liverpool's lack of um, business in the transfer market, and these are the kind of times when you forget 
that we need a squad that isn't just an eleven on the pitch, but something that can back it up as well. We have got a good, listen. We've got a good squad and uh, and players around them as well. But you know, Wednesday night is Milan, um, and um, Giroud has tested negative for COVID, so we'll be playing as a bit of a boost for them, I believe. Um, no mean, no mean. I mean, it's a it's a it's a tricky group as well with Porto. Um, so it's not an, um, an Atletico, it's a, it's, it's a tough, tough group. So it starts on Wednesday. We've got Leeds Sunday. We've got uh, Milan Wednesday. Crystal Palace at home on Saturday. Um, and then we've got the, the League Cup, Norwich, and then Brentford away. Uh, and then we've got Porto uh, on the 28th of September. So this is this strength and depth thing, Paul. Uh, we're really going to have to be on our toes against Milan. Massively, massively. It's uh, it's an exciting group, isn't it? It's a proper Champions League group, proper European Cup group. You know, Atletico, uh, Milan, and Porto. Obviously, Liverpool have played a lot over there in in recent years. But it's but given given the fact that the standard tied is no one in that group, you'd still expect Liverpool to beat Porto home and away. But they're not. They're, it's not a given, is it? Because they're they're clearly a decent side. It 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 could be a very tricky group if points are dropped early doors. So yeah, I think that Milan game is absolutely massive. On Wednesday, it's just it's a brilliant game. It only reminds me, obviously, Liverpool have never played them uh, apart from the, the two Champions League finals in uh, 2005, 2007, and particularly Istanbul. Will always, you know, one of the most amazing moments in the in the club's history. So, it's got, Milan have got a special place in, in Liverpool heart. I think it's a, a fantastic game to have the first Champions League back there in front of fans since the Atletico Madrid gone. But you you're completely right, the team about. The importance of squad depth because you you named all those games then and then I'm pretty sure after those games it's City at home I'm pretty sure and then there's another international break and like you who you said there Palace Brentford yeah uh, that's it's, it's Palace Norwich Brentford Porto and then Man City at home it's 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 almost we need to get to that point where there's three league victories in the bag at least probably four points in the Champions League whatever will be with 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 Norwich I can imagine Klopp will name it. A weaker side. It won't be a weak side, but it'll be a weaker side. It's a it's a really important period, isn't it? Because like if you're looking at it, and I know City had that slip up at Tottenham, but Chelsea definitely looked strong. And as as, as much as we hate to say it, I, you can only imagine United will be stronger this year, given the the signings they've made. So it seems silly to say that it's it's an important stage of the season when we've only played three games. But I, I really do think it is. I think we've got to go into that Man City game in a month's time with with as you say three wins in the three wins in the bag in the league and then hopefully a good start in the Champions League as well. Yeah, absolutely. And Hannah, mentioned, you mentioned before about how important it is if we're not dipping our toe in the water when it comes to, apart from Canati, of course, in the transfer market. But obviously, a lot of work was done securing uh, contracts for players we already have and that, that can be as as important. You mentioned a couple of times about Mo Salah um, hoping that he signs a new contract with Liverpool. I mean, if he finds the net against Leeds, that's his 100th Premiership goal. I mean, that is an extraordinary feat for somebody who's been who's been playing such a short period of time in the Premiership. Really, even when you talk about with, with, with Chelsea and, and Liverpool, I mean, he's a phenomenal. He's a phenomenal footballer. Uh, he's, he's never far away from the golden boot. He's he's just got an incredible score. It's vitally important, Hannah, that we we get him to put pen to paper, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, of all the contracts. The club have given out this summer. Mo Salah's is arguably the most important. I think, you know, we've got an incredible spine to the team. We've got, you know, incredible goalkeeper, an incredible defender. We've got a fantastic midfield and other brilliant attackers. But for me, I think Mo Salah is just 
the most important player in the team and he has been you know, ever since his first season with the club. I mean, it would be it's a hundred premiership goal, but over, you know, about 127 goals in all competitions and, and you know, 49 assists. It's just incredible numbers that I think you'd struggle to, you know, replicate with, with anyone that you'd potentially replace him with. So, you know, I mean, for some ridiculous rumours you know, in the papers over recent weeks over the potential wages that you might be asking for. I, I you know, I think it was Ian Doyle said that it, that's not true, and it, you know, he's not asking for, you know, the five hundred k a week that some people um, reported. But um, you know, he's he's a world class player, and he and he will be on world class wages. So you know, that's to be expected. And I think they do. You know, if the club aren't gonna bring in anyone um I think you know the the least they can do is you know ensure that no matter what Mo Salah signs that new contract so you know he's deserving of it and it seems you know the people behind him are you know sure of his quality and what he brings as well with some of the cryptic tweets that you see from his agent that you know maybe people out there don't give him the respect that he deserves but yeah it's you know the most important bit of business that the club can do and um you know the last thing you want is to see Mo Salah playing for a different club you want him to absolutely commit the best years of his career to the club so um hopefully that will be one that's sorted out in the coming weeks um you know because yeah you don't want to see Mo Salah leave no absolutely not what do you think what do you think could be the sticking points Paul at the moment in the contract thing as I say the rooms are 500 500k um, are unfounded and, 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 and have been denied strenuously. And doesn't strike me as the kind of person who would do that anyway. He seems like a quite kind of doesn't. I've never I've never associated Mo Salah with, with a greed only on the pitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but what kind of sticking points do you think is obviously contractually? I mean, look, if he gets a if he signs a five year deal, it doesn't mean anything, does it? Because he's twenty nine years of age now, isn't he? And, and, and you're going to have to imagine that if he wants uh, if he wants one final kind of move, he's going to have to do it, you know, over the next 12 months or, or two years, because once you get into your thirties, you start, you, 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 your star starts to wane a little bit. Um, so it's, it's an interesting one. Is that the kind of things that are going to stick and points on that? If it's not a wage thing, can it be a time thing then the amount of time that they want to sign and the amount of time he wants to sign for? Yeah. It's, you look at his age, 29, Mane Firmino, it's a really interesting situation isn't it because they're all the same age they've all got the same amount of time left in the contract but i'm completely with hannah i think it's the most important piece of business to get done because like mané and Firmino are liverpool legends but i think over the past season and again it was unprecedented not playing in front of supporters what the players were going through like the rest of us were going through you just don't know how much that impacted them but i think it would be fair to say there are some signs that mané and Firmino might be declining a little bit from that incredibly high standards that they played with in the past. Salah has not dropped at all, has he? You know, not at all. And I don't... They could turn around and say... Ian Doyle said it, and, you know, another trusted journalist, uh, like Gorsty, like, it's, it's clear he's not asking for £500,000. But to be take, like, the emotion out of it, I'm sure he's asking for a pay rise because, let's face it, he's he's done everything he could ever be asked of him at Liverpool. He got improved contacts after that first season, I think. And then he's just continued where he's, he's, he's continued where he left off from there. And, and the thing is, if it is an age ring, if it is a wage ring and the, the Liverpool's finances at the moment all come into it, but you look at his 
you you touched on Genie Ronaldo earlier, Fitzy. Like he doesn't he hardly misses a game, Salah does he? He just he's he's fit all the time. You look at him how he's conditioned. He's a bit like Ronaldo, isn't he? He's like clearly looks after himself. I I don't know. I I, I know the three of them are twenty nine, but you can't. And there's going to have to be transition, and maybe Jota's one of those players who's going to help with that. But I don't think you can let all three go eventually, or all three get down to the final year. I, I don't know. It's I, I don't know. I generally don't know the answer to it. I can only assume it's not a money thing where he's asking five hundred grand a week, but he might be asking for a little bit more, and maybe FSG are going, can we just come down? It might be a little negotiation because surely this is not going to be a Wijnaldum situation with Salah. You know, I don't know whether that'll be the case with Firmino. I'm not sure, but. No, I, I just, they need to get that one done. Yeah, they do. They can't go down that again. I mean, that was that was a bit of a farce, wasn't it? At the end of the day, they need to get they need to get pen to paper as soon as possible to, because it adds it, it puts a stability into the side, doesn't it? When people haven't signed and there's people saying, "Have you signed yet?" I haven't signed. Blah blah. They probably don't talk about that much between themselves anyway. But it just for fans at least, there's a stability there, isn't it? There's a feeling of you know, we know he's put pen to paper. We know he's dedicated and committed to the cause and. Uh, and that's an important thing we really need to get nailed down. I've got some more stats here for you. I mean, we talk about um, Salah being one goal away from 100 uh, league goals. Um, Mane's two goals shy of netting 100 for Liverpool in all competitions. Uh, and if he reaches this, he'll become the 18th Red in history to achieve that feat. So, again, the stats have been brilliant. The two of them, haven't they? That's what was brilliant about it there. And at one point, the three of them with Firmino and Netten as well, they were just goal machines, weren't they? Um, Liverpool also, Liverpool are unbeaten in the last 13 games. These are all kind of positives we need to we need to take into, into this game as well. Liverpool unbeaten in the last 13 league games. We've had 10 wins and three draws since we got beat by Fulham last March, all those, those dark days ago. Um, and here's an interesting one for you. This is a great little stat. Liverpool's last win at Ellen Road. Does anyone know? I don't know. Early 2000s, something like that? Or... I don't know. I don't it, was, it was a 1-0 victory in October 2002. Wow. Wow. And the goal scorer was? Get on this. You know what? I'm sure Joe Lima might have gone to give the answer. Was it Salif Diaw? It was Salif Diaw. Yeah. Joe, Joe said it on Blood Red yesterday. That's he? all. Like, he's got better knowledge than me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was th- th- that match was three weeks before James Milner's first team debut for Leeds. <laughs> um, I mean, we should be worried about that, but the fact of the matter is that, you know, they haven't been around for a while anyway. That's the point, isn't it, there? But... Um, Hopefully, uh, we'll, we'll we can uh, we can get it together. It's it's a, it, as I say, it's a tough game. They're never never easy. Leeds is the kind of game where if you come away from three points, you can relax and watch them torture other teams. Then can't you know that you've got got the job done because you know they will. They're not going to give they're not going to give any kind of quarter. All right, just before we go, Hannah, do you have a prediction for tomorrow? I'll tell you what, try and do a predicted lineup at Liverpool's eleven and a, uh, and a and a predictive score. Thankfully, now you can predict that Allison will obviously start um, Trent at right back, not in midfield. Uh, Van Dyke, um, despite the little concern that he had with the Netherlands um, during the week, um, I think I think he'll stick with Massip. Um, you know, I think for all the chopping and changing we had last season with the centre backs, I think Klopp will want to, you know, have a solid partnership moving forward. Although rotation will be needed I think as as it goes on but coming straight back off the international break I I would say I'll probably stick with Matip and Robertson obviously a given um 
Fabinho. Um, nearly said Henson. I keep forgetting that Fabinho and Alisson can play now. So yeah, Fabinho. Um, I want to I want to say Henderson and Elliot and sort of you know what he went with against Chelsea, but in some ways that sort of didn't work with I, I think Elliot because you know that meant Henderson was on on you know his the side that he doesn't really want to play on. He'd rather be on the right with Salah, but um, and that sort of hinders us a bit against Chelsea in in some regards. So maybe not. Um, maybe he'll he'll drop Elliot now because. Uh, I do want to see more of Naby Keita. Um, obviously, he came back from Guinea a bit early because of the whole military coup and everything like that. Um, but we do need to see more of Naby this season. Um, no, I'll go with Fabinho, Henderson and Elliot. And then, obviously, Bobby's injured. So, I think it'll be Jota, Salah and Mane. Um, score prediction, definitely be a high-scoring game, I imagine. Maybe, maybe a... 3-2 or a 2-1, but I, I, I fully expect Leeds to score um, with the attacking talent that they have, um, you know, and especially because they're at home. Um, but yeah, may, maybe a 2-1. Yeah, that's decent. What about you, Paul? I'd, back back five, probably pick themselves, don't you? Let's be honest. It's that yeah. midfield, isn't it? It's the conundrum uh, that we have all the time at midfield and who does he play with and how does he kind of rotate that around. Fabinho was a little bit out of sorts against Chelsea fan as time and was a bit out. He had a lot on his plate though, you know, he just lost his father. He's, you know, a difficult, difficult time for anyone. He's come back into a Leeds match where, you know, I mean, he struggled last time against Leeds. You remember them, uh, Bobby Gilmore kind of ran him round, of, ran him round, uh, uh, quite a, a merry dance, didn't he? But he, he struggled a bit, but you, you want to side with Fabinho in, don't you? Because because on his day, he's, he's one of the best around. So where's your midfield there, mate, then? Bearing in mind the, the back five have picked themselves, really. Yeah, and I think the, the, the front three obviously picked themselves, yeah. you know, being out. It's an interesting one. Hannah makes a good point because I thought Elliot was excellent against Chelsea, but it was crowded on that right side, wasn't it, with Trent, who's coming inside even more now, it seems to be. And then obviously Salah down the wing, and then Elliot was trying to get into their own places. So I, I just wonder about Thiago. Like, you know, it's, it's coming up to a year since he signed, obviously, had that great. Thursday, Friday or Friday, Saturday, when Thiago and Jota signed more or less back to back. And I, I, obviously he was underwhelming for a large part of last season. Obviously he didn't help with the uh, the injury that he got in the derby and then he played well towards the end of the season. I'm hoping, obviously he played in the Euros in the summer. He, we've not seen much of him so far this season because of that. I'm hoping he'll kick on as well because clearly he's an excellent player and I just don't think... Liverpool have seen the very best of him, yeah. And I just wonder maybe on Sunday where there's going to have to be a fair bit of control in the game because they're just like all over the shop, aren't they? And they'll, they'll try and track it out of position. I just wonder maybe if it's time to, as Hannah referenced, maybe put Hendo back on the right, Fabinho in the centre, and maybe Thiago because you presume he was signed, if not for like the Wijnaldum replacement, but for, you know, for that kind of experience in there. So I'm wondering maybe if it's time to, to bring him in for this game. And a score? 3-1 Liverpool. I think I, I, I spoke to a, a lead, a lad who works with us, well, who works, you know, for the company that owned the Echo uh, for the podcast. And he's massive Leeds fan, season ticket holder. And he is, he just thinks like Leeds haven't started a great, really good team. He says they've not started brilliantly. And he just, he's a bit worried that he could get picked off. So maybe go with what he's saying. And yeah, 3-1 to Liverpool. Well, let's hope the... The Apache star continues at least till the end of full time on Sunday. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably go the same with uh, obviously the front three and the back five. My midfield, I'd probably go Henzo, Fabinho, and I'm going to say Keita just just because I feel that maybe 
it might be a little bit much for the for Javier. Yeah, I haven't said that though. I would have said that against Chelsea, and he was great for large periods of the game. He was fantastic. So it's a toss of a coin, really, in between Cater and uh, Elliot for me. I'm not sure what Thiago's game is. I I love Thiago. I think he's great. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure where. Klopp feels Thiago fits at the moment and he's trying to find that balance that he can bring him in or introduce him in, in, in certain games. I'm not sure Leeds is, is the game he would introduce him in, though. But I would definitely go with M3. Hendo on the right back to where he's more, more effective with Salah um, and Fabinho and Naby Keita. OK, and I will go with 2-1. I'll go with Hannah's one as well, 2-1. Because I think, it, I think it, there will be goals um, and I think we'll just edge it. And hopefully, it's one of them ones, isn't it? With, you know... Mane's at that form. He plays. He's still playing startling football, fantastic build-up football, but has just lost that freedom to pull the trigger. And I hope he gets that back soon and, and has a bit more confidence in. Because some of the goals he scores from the edge of the box are incredible as well. Cutting in, he cuts in, drops his shoulder, and bang. And he hasn't done that for a long time. But I'm hoping he will. Um, so we just have to have a bit of confidence in that. Really, uh, Liverpool have gone eight. Eight away games without defeat since the 3-1 loss at Leicester, which was a bit of a shambles one, if you remember. Um, we were all right in that till that goal calamity thing, didn't we, with, with Alisson? Uh, so we're eight away from home without defeat, so hopefully that'll stand us in good stead as well. Hannah Pinnock, thank you very, very much indeed. Have you enjoyed it? Loved it. Got over the nerves, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah, it was a great debut. It was a great day. I hope to see you again soon. Enjoy your time, the Liverpool Echo. I'm sure you will, Hannah, and I'll see you again soon, Paul. Thanks once again, mate, for uh, bringing in your uh, knowledge and expertise. Always a pleasure, mate. It's been a while since I've been on, so I was really looking forward. Well, that's all, but it's not a while since you're on, till, till you're on the next time, mate. Thank you very much, Hannah and Paul. That's it from me, Neil Fitz, on uh, another um, Poetry in Motion. Uh, keep the faith with the Reds, of course. As I say, we're unbeaten, and, uh, and hopefully we'll carry that on, and uh, we've got easily the ammo on the pitch to do to do the damage uh, this season so uh, keep the faith of the reds long may I continue uh, stay safe and we'll see you on the next poetry emotion you've been listening to the poetry emotion podcast on the blood red channel